Hi, this is Ivanya Easley with the Closet Chronicles. This podcast is all about giving you insider knowledge and scoop of the fashion industry, retail, tech, and behind the scenes of what it takes to be a working fashion professional in the industry at this point in time that we're in. And so if you listen to my first episode, you know I shared a bit about my story and how I got started and gave y'all a little insight on what it is to work on TV and work in different markets. So we're going to continue from there and share a little bit more again about knowing a little more about the inside knowledge and scoop of the industry. Again, social media shows the glamorous side a lot of times or the highlight reel of, you know, dressing celebrities or clients, going to the parties, shopping for clothes, but it doesn't really get into the business behind it on social media or it is not glamorized, the business side. And so I'm all about the business side because, of course, if you don't run your business, you can't stay in business. And fashion and styling, just like any other business, is still a business. And you have to make sure that you're handling all of the behind behind the scenes that it takes to keep everything running. So, for example, I now have a team. I have a team of stylists. But not only that, I have a team of people that work, as I call it, in my back office. So I have lawyers for the contracts that you put together for clients. At the end of the day, you can get client disputes as a small business owner, whether you're selling style or anything else. So you want to have terms and conditions. By law, you have to have privacy policies. So that's where the lawyers got involved. Um, We have certain policies in my company on how we work, how um, jobs are done. And so if we uphold our end and a client tries to dispute that, it's like, hey, did you read our terms and conditions? Because we have them. So you have to go back and read them as well as let clients be aware that before they give you money, that they know your terms and conditions. So there's not any problems later. I've had very few disputes because I keep everything really clear and communicate everything more than once and confirm like, hey, this is what we agreed upon. This is what you're getting on this date at this time. And so that there is no, oh, well, I thought we were getting 10 looks because you just said that you was coming to style me. You didn't say how many looks. I'm thinking 10 and you bringing five. So it's just very important to be very clear on what you are actually providing and what amount and how it works. If they cancel or they want a refund, what are your policies on that? And so, like I said, I had lawyers that drew up those terms and conditions and a privacy policy that we have to have by the state of Georgia. Um, because that's where we're at here in Atlanta, Georgia, as well as I have an executive assistant. You know, the style tips and the newsletters, they're not going to make themselves. So um, she does that as well as handle any projects, any flyers, helping create the content for the social media and marketing team. So, you know, there's a lot of hats. Um, my main job as the owner of the company now that we've grown is to make sure, of course, that clients are happy, that my stylists and my team are happy and to bring in revenue. So I am the chief salesperson in the company as well as the owner in regards to making sure that we have money coming in. I am booking these clients. I'm booking my stylists with jobs so that I can pay everybody on the team. We can pay our bills and we can keep going. So I just want to share, like I said, this podcast is all about sharing some behind the scenes of what it takes to not only run a style business, but just a business in general, whether it's styling or any other business, there's always going to be bills to be paid, employees or contractors to pay. 
and all of the things. Um, you know, we have to be consistent on social media and that in itself is a science. Like there are now jobs that people full time job is to be a social media manager or to manage um, other people's social media accounts. So we have one person on our team and all she does is social media. Um, she does everything from creating the content because um, that's another thing, you know, it does not happenstance that we just throw content up. It's all strategic and planned out. We prepare for content the previous month. So let's say it's April and we're working on content for May. It's going to happen in April, not actually in May. Um, so, of course, if something pops up that is, you know, newsworthy or you want to incorporate, then, of course, we can add some more content. But the base of content is created beforehand. We have to actually schedule it, pull outfits together, set up with um, a venue, set up the video production um, edit the videos, add music. So there's a lot to, you know, running a business beyond just what you see with the cute pictures. Like to get to those cute pictures, there's a lot of work involved in logistics. And so managing and all that. So like I said, the one person on our team, all she does is post all day, every day, like, follow, engage with other people, make sure our content is on all our social media platforms. Because again, that can be almost a full-time job right there. And then also, you know, like I said, um, the bills have to be paid. So I have an accountant and bookkeeper, um, an accountant that runs the tax part for when it's tax season and time to pay taxes. And then I have a bookkeeper that maintains the books. Now, with my major in the past, well, my major and my past career was accounting. So I definitely could do the books in regards to all the paperwork, but that is time consuming as well. And at the end of the day, I have a team to free up my time because you can't get time back once you lose time. You make money, you lose money. That's what it is. You can't never get back time. I need to free up all of my time to focus on the things that only I can do, which is a lot of times dealing with investors, um, applying for grants or funding for the business because that's free money versus loans or investors even because all that has to be paid back as well as focusing on sales and of course customer service if your customers aren't happy they're not going to tell other people and they're not going to come back so that's a key component and our business is to make sure all my clients are happy and we're working on getting new clients so that's why my primary job as the ceo and the owner is the sales and of course in the beginning i did all of the jobs now the great thing about doing all of the jobs is that now you know what each person when you're bringing somebody on to help you you know what it takes to do the job you know how long it generally takes as well as you know because you've done the job so you are able to help guide them through it give insight advice as well as know and have those expectations set on what you want and how you want stuff done. So, of course, in the beginning, it was just me on my team. Then I had a few freelance assistants. And then from there, as we wanted to continue to scale and grow, I brought on a whole team of people in regards to helping me get all the things done, making sure I stay in compliance with the law, um, federal and state. And like I said, with the bookkeeper, I can read the financial reports because of my background. Thank God. But she does all the actual rec reconciliation and assigning all of the transactions to an account.
So she's looking through my operating as well as my personal and all the accounts for the business and then assigning like, oh, that was a client payment or versus this was a vendor payment or this is when we shop for a client. This is when we got reimbursed. So that's a lot of transactions. So she's basically saving me the time of not having to go through and reconcile every transaction myself, but to more so glance at what she's done, make a tweak or edit here or there, read the financial reports, and then I can make decisions off of that data. The other thing I think people don't realize with business is that you have to make your decisions off for your data and your data is really important. I know when I first started my business, I was just like, okay, I need to get clients and I need to get paid. In the days I wasn't actually out servicing clients, I was almost at home twiddling my thumbs like, okay, well, what do I do next? Instead of constantly working on getting clients nonstop or doing more research or learning about new and innovative ways that can help your business be more efficient or get you more leads or help you get things done a lot quicker, faster, or eliminate some of the steps. Automation is key. So we use a lot of automation so that things can automatically go out if we plug and play because that also saves us time. At the end of the day, you want to save your time so that you can use the time for what you got in the business for, servicing clients, meeting new people to get new clients, building your clientele, working on leads. Because when you're getting clients, it's um, almost like um, a juggler, as I would say. I'm juggling all of the balls. Like when I'm servicing clients, it's like, oh, that's great, but it doesn't mean that I have to stop or that I can afford to stop working on new leads. So it's a combination of your service clients, but you're also working on getting new clients as you're servicing the clients that you have. So that when you're done servicing clients, there's not a, a hold or a lull. Like, okay, well, I just serviced 50 clients and now I have nobody else. It's like you want to keep a constant flow of leads and people coming in that are booking so that when you finish with one client, there's always another one waiting. So that is definitely a, a science or art form uh, to that and really learning and putting systems and processes in place. Um, and that was not something I did in the beginning of the business. It was more as I learned. And that's another thing. I have to spend time learning. So I'm a part of different groups and coaching and mentors. And so you're always learning to be better for yourself and better in your business. Um, I train other stylists so to be better for them. So I have to spend my time also making time to learn more about the business and learn more about the craft so that I can keep growing and expanding and teaching others. So it's just I feel like a lot that goes into business that everybody doesn't talk about or that we don't get deep involved, like scratching beyond the surface about what it takes to actually run a business and what needs to happen so that you can actually stay in business. There are so many businesses are starting, but there's also a high fail rate that businesses that are started, they will fail within the first five to seven years. And a lot of times you're failing, of course, because you're not generating enough revenue. Um, you're not organized. You're not keeping things in place to keep everything going. I've been officially in business since 2010. That's how long I've been working my business full time. And so, you know, we've passed that failure statistic rate. Thank God. But, you know, if I don't do the work, then I could be the same. I, my business could go out of business if I don't do the work. So it's really about being consistent. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of drop the ball is, of course, everybody wants clients to fall out the sky. 
But you have to like plant the seeds. If you're not planting the seeds, you can't look for a harvest. So you have to constantly be doing the work. You have to be consistent with doing the work. I do something for my business basically every single day. Whether I'm working a full day or an hour of the day, there's always going to be something done for my business every single day. Even if it's just as simple as, oh, I read some articles that help me learn about a new designer that I could use for clients or a new technique or a new technology that I can add to my platform to make my customers have a better experience. Like there's always something to do in your business. Um, and so, you know, I think it's really important to share because entrepreneurship is so glamorized. And like I've said before, it is a roller coaster. It has ebbs and flows, it's ups, it's downs. And it's that passion and determination and tenacity and focus that keeps you going when it's not going how you want it to go. I remember one time I went like seven whole days without anybody booking an appointment or any money coming through. And it felt like seven months instead of seven days. And I was like, oh my God, it was only seven days. Um, I'm used to getting paid every day or every other day with clients booking appointments or invoices being paid, so on and so forth. But it just felt like the longest time. And when I finally had booked another client, this was a couple of years back, probably more than a couple of years, more in the beginning of my business. Uh, when a client finally booked and I looked and I was like, oh, it was only seven days because that's just what it'll feel like sometimes with entrepreneurship. And I find that, you know, everything always works out how it should, but you just got to stay the course. You got to do the work. And for me, doing the work is getting up every day, regardless of what I feel like and pushing past what I feel because feelings aren't facts. Shout out to one of my um, favorite podcasts, my leak teal, my taught you that I learned that from her in regards to that phrase. I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to feel happy. We're going to feel sad. We're going to be mad and all of that a past. So it's really about internal joy and peace. So that regardless of what feelings are feeling that moment, you feel them and then you move on from them. And so every morning, you know, I get up, I walk before I start my day, because once this phone starts going and once you get caught up in work, the whole day will pass. So I walk to try to take care of myself and just have a some time alone with nature and God. Um, I pray and write in my journal and manifest. And that's how I start my day, regardless of what is going on, because it can get real crazy and real hectic and run off the rails, so to speak. So for me, it's having a... Um, habits, good habits, and having a process of how I do everything. And so starting my day off like that is going to definitely make my day be better. Even if it's not the best day, I'm going to start it off in a good way. So kind of set the course for the day. And then I also have, I'm super organized. That might be the Virgo in me. So I'm super organized on like what is going to happen on certain days of the week to make sure everything is getting done. Because you get interrupted with little fires and texts from the team or clients and you can get sidetracked from your to-do list. So I make sure I keep a to-do list. I set the calendar and intentions for the week. Whatever can't get done, move it over to my rollover day or what's not as important that can be put off if something absolutely has to get done, then something that is less important can get put off possibly. Not stress out when everything can't get done by the timeline I've set, but at the same time, making sure that I actually have some kind of goals that I'm trying to meet. So I have monthly goals, weekly to-dos to make sure those monthly goals are actually going to happen. And it's just processes and steps. Like if you want to have, oh, I want to have my website up by the end of the month. It's like, okay, 
it's not enough to say it. You have to plan out, like, how will I make sure I have it done by the end of the month? You have to work on the copyright. You got to put your packages together. You got to find your images. You got to pay somebody to do it or you need to do it yourself. But either way, you got to gather all of that. Decide what pages you want. Oh, an about page, a service page, a testimony. Like, there's a process. So it's not, oh, I just want a website and I'm going to throw it up. But it's like, hey, I need to gather everything I need to do. And maybe the first week I work on all the writing. The second week, I'll work on uploading all of the picture. Third week, I proofread, go over everything, tweak it. And the fourth week is ready to be released. Now you've got your website up in that end of the month like you want it for your month's goal. That's how I break down all of my goals. It's just like the acronym about SMART goals. They need to be achievable and you need to be able to track it and understand. And that's why I say circling back to where I started with data. Like I read the data to determine what is the next steps to do in my business. And that wasn't something I did before. And I really try to encourage people because I made so many mistakes or took too long to get a lot of things in place. I don't want other people to do that, which is another reason I created the podcast and which is why I'm super transparent in sharing my story and my journey. Because if you know better, you can do better. And so instead of starting off wrong and having to fix it later, you can go ahead and start from a good place to begin with. And starting with those systems and processes, learning to read your data so that you can make good business decisions off of it. Like I'm tracking, even my income is divided by where did the most money come from? Did more money come from events, from teaching classes, from actual client and shopping sales, from my style app? Like, where did the money come from? So that way, if I'm getting a lot of money from one of those revenues and versus an another that's not making as much money, then I need to focus more energy on the one that's making more money. But you won't know that if you're not tracking it. Same thing with expenses, looking and comparing quarterly expenses this quarter from last quarter or this time last year in that quarter versus this quarter so that you can decide like am I spending too much on marketing or advertising or on office supplies or you know miscellaneous it all starts to really add up if you're not on top of actually staying with your budget your course your financial goals I think sometimes we get caught up in making our goals of like, okay, I want a website, I want business cards, I want clients, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But you also got to do the same goals for your business. You got to do the same thing with your money goals for your business. Like, okay, if I want to make 10000 a month, I need to see X amount of clients, which means I need to talk to X amount of people a week, and I need to do this a day to reach to that goal. So it's all about breaking your big goals into small bite sizes so that you can actually get the things done and hit your target goals that you've set for yourself or for your business. It's the same with losing weight, which is also something I'm trying to do as well. This pandemic, I got a little COVID weight, I think, on me. But it's like you can't expect to eat wrong or not work out or whatever it is that made you gain weight for months on end and then think you're going to wake up and lose the weight in a week or two. The same amount of time it took you to gain is probably going to be the same amount of time to lose it, if not longer. Because if you don't get consistent, set a plan and figure out, okay, the goal is to lose five pounds a month, which means I need to lose one pound a week, depending on what month we're in, because some months have four or five weeks. And what am I going to do to do that? How much exercise, how much food am I going to eat, what kind of calories, so on and so forth. So you have to apply that same method to your business. Um, at the end of the day, I find that 
no matter what it is, business or personal, the only way to get what you want out of life is to make a plan and make it happen. I read a really good book called Unapologetically Ambitious by Shelly. I can't remember her last name right now, but um, she might be the only one with the book titled that. But it was really good about how she just made a plan to be a CEO of a a publicly traded company, excuse me. And she made that goal as like a teenager and actually set out and made it happen. And she was just very strategic about like, this is what I want for my life. This is the kind of life I want to live. That was a really good book. And just she go went to show that like, as a human, obviously, we get distracted by the shiny things or we get tired or we don't feel like it. And that's why I say feelings aren't facts, because regardless of what you feel like, sometimes you got to do stuff you don't feel like. Like, I don't feel like cleaning my house, but I know I want to clean the house, so I have to clean it. I don't feel like working out, but I know I want to fit in my clothes a certain way, so I have to do it. So, you know, regardless of what we feel like, a lot of times it just still needs to get done. And so, like I said, she had made this amazing plan on, like, this is how I'm going to get married and have kids and still make it my goal to be CEO of a publicly traded company. And she was able to do it. And I just really admired that focus and determination to make it happen versus saying, oh, I want to do this. And you're not doing anything to actually make that happen. Like, I know I love to travel. Um, If I wasn't in fashion, I'd probably be doing some kind of career with uh, travel. And I say that to say I love to travel, but back in the day, I would be like, oh, you know, one day I'm going to go do this or one day I'm going to go to this country or that country. And it's like, okay, I'm saying one day, but like, how am I going to do it one day if I'm not even making no plan? So I just decided that it was enough talking about it and I need to be about it. So I was like, you know what? I want to travel and I want to travel international. So I need to actually make a plan. So I made a plan like this is where I'm going to go. This is where I'm going to stay. This is how much it's going to cost. This is how much I need to save if I want to go do it. And so I had my first international, like as I call it, world tour 2015. I went to three countries, five cities over two continents. Yes, I was very ambitious. I was doing too much. Now I hit one country at a time and maybe multiple cities within that country, but trying to hit all these places at once. But I went to Dubai and then I um, flew over to Italy and then I flew over to France. But I say that to say is I made a plan because I was tired of just talking about one day I'm going to go see, you know, the world's tallest building, which is in Dubai. Or one day I'm going to go see the Eiffel Tower, which was in Paris where I went. Or one day I'm going to go to the Colosseum in Rome. And see where the gladiators fought or whatnot. I loved history. Um, I'm a secret nerd. I don't want to even say secret nerd. Uh, I am a nerd. I love to read. I love research. I love learning. I love knowledge. And so it was just like, hey, you know what? I need to make a plan and make it happen. And that's what I did. And I've been doing it ever since. My goal is always to hit three countries a year um, that I've read about, that I'm interested in. I'm trying to see the whole world. I think travel really opens you up. One, to seeing something beyond what you know, your neighborhood, your city, your state, your country, and then get exposed to new food, culture, and people, and how other people live. Because people do not live around the world like how we live in America or in Georgia even. So I think it's just really important to get exposure beyond what you know. And I think it makes you a more well-rounded person as well as you're able to connect with people on so many different things because you've taken time to get um, exposure to something beyond what you know. Um, but that's another, you know, another subject for another day. At the end of the day, 
This episode boils down to just doing the work, putting the plan together, thinking about what is it that I want to do? Like I said, whether you want to do fashion, start a boutique, start a clothing line, start a tech company in fashion, you still got to make a plan. You got to do the research. You got to figure out what are the steps to make this a reality and then follow them, put the plan in place and make it happen. And so I wanted to share, like I said, a little deeper behind the scenes because a lot of times it's like, yeah, you know, I run this business and it's like, oh, great. How'd you start? And you tell them, hey, you know, I had a gift. I worked a day job. Then I was able to quit my job and now I do my business. And that's it. It doesn't really explain like, well, how do you make money or how was you able to keep everything running or, you know, how was you able to find clients? How were you able to actually do what it is that you're doing? We always just really see the end result, but we don't really see the steps and the processes. And somebody won a Golden Globe or Oscar and they're an actor or actress. It was like, well, you know, how did they start? Where did they come from? Maybe they started as a kid and they took acting lessons and then they got training from a coach. Then they went to a gazillion auditions and then they finally got a spot on maybe a soap opera, a small part. Or as a stand-in and then they work their way from there. It's like everybody has a journey and they have steps that they've had to follow to get to where they're trying to go. And so I just want to share minds to hope that it inspires you to make your own plans, plan your own steps and your own journey to make whatever you want to be a reality, be a reality for you. Um, As this pandemic has shown us at the end of the day, and I know I say that phrase a lot, so excuse me. Um, But like I said, this podcast is all about being transparent, being open, being vulnerable. I'm not, you know, being fancy with it. I'm just keeping it really all the way 100, just keeping it real. It's really about explaining my story and what I've done, as well as you helping you figure out how you can do the same thing, if not better, and whatever it is that you desire to do. And as I was saying, with this pandemic, it showed us that life can be really short. A lot of people that thought they were going to be here at the start of 2020 are no longer here. We've all lost family, friends, loved ones, or know somebody. Over 500,000 people have died in America alone from this pandemic. And you know, it's really sad, but it also makes you feel like, you know what? I need to live my life and stop waiting. I don't want any shoulda, coulda, wouldas for me personally. So that's why I don't have any. Anything I want to do in life or anything I want to have or anything um, that I want to accomplish, I am making it my business to make it happen. All I can do is try until I succeed. Um, I don't believe in failure. I believe in learning from your mistakes. I believe there is a lesson And everything is either a blessing or a lesson. So I'm going to learn from it or I'm going to be blessed from it. But either way, I'm going to get that experience to go on and do better and be better and share that. So for me, it's like, hey, you know what? I really miss travel right now, but I have all these amazing memories of over the 20, I think it's 20 to 30 countries I've went and seen since I decided to travel um, to build my own business, work for myself work with clients I really love, doing something I really love to do every day. I just made the decision to make that my reality versus complaining about, oh, I don't like my job. I don't like my life. I don't like where I live. I don't, what you don't like, change it. We're not a tree. We're not planet. You can move and you can change and you can do whatever you need to do to make the necessary steps in your life to make it how you want it to be. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Uh, it's hard, but you got to decide that you want it more than you want to stay in the rut that you're in. 
And so that is what I'm here for. Um, I'm a super blunt person. I'm not a like a sugar coater or a fluff. I'm straight no chaser. So I like to keep it all the way real with people and say like I think it's really worth it. It's hard, but it's always worth it on the other side and to get to the other end. So go ahead and think about what is it that you're trying to make happen and figure out a plan to make it happen. Um, because it can be done. You can do it. It's so many people. I'm not better than anybody else. And there's nobody else better than me. We're all human beings at the end of the day. We all got 24 hours in the day. We all, of course, have different resources and have been dealt different cards. But it's plenty of people way more successful that were sleeping in their cars or that was homeless. And now they're billionaires. It's like they worked really hard. They believed in themselves and they stuck to the vision that they saw. And at that time, that only they saw until it was manifested into reality. So I'm always inspired and encouraged by people that I see doing all of the things. And I'm trying to be right there with them, working my way up to do the same thing. So I just want to say stay encouraged and go out here and make it happen. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. And that y'all will come back for more. Of course, if you like it, please like and share the podcast, comment. Um, y'all can find me anywhere and give me your feedback, whether that be on email or through my website or my social media accounts. But I'd love to hear y'all thoughts. And I want to just say keep pushing. And I look forward to chat with y'all again later. Thanks for listening to The Closet Chronicles. <laughs>